Eye on 2020, episode 310. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, y'all? Ray Eaton here, host of Ion 2020. Thanks for joining me for another look at the 2020 election cycle. And I am going to jump into some election talk today. That's right, I'm going to talk about some libertarian election talk because we don't really get into talking about Joe Jorgensen enough. And I've been talking about doing this episode for at least three or four weeks now, and I just haven't had a chance to get it done. And then. I just decided that I'm going to do it. I just have to get it done. I've been putting some notes and stuff like that together, but uh, and just kind of getting some clear thoughts on why you should vote for Joe Jorgensen and so forth. Uh, but also there's been a lot of news lately going on, and just whenever I am about to do that show, when I'm about to do this Joe Jorgensen show, I decide that I'm going to go ahead and focus on, on some of the current events that are going on right now, and that's kind of put me behind on doing this show but you know what we're getting into the election I think we're 94 days away or so right now and you know she is getting her message out there and I don't know that if it's you know if it's as effective as like a Gary Johnson was only because she doesn't have the name recognition and stuff like if you remember back in 2016 and in 2012 but specifically 2016 you had news agency after news agency after news agency giving Gary Johnson lots of time, lots of talk about what is going on with his election and so forth, whereas I haven't seen her even on Fox News, I haven't seen her on MSNBC, I haven't seen her on any of the news channels as of yet, and I've been looking, I have been looking, so... Uh, But I did want to talk about Joe Jorgensen today and her presidential campaign. I do apologize for not putting out a show on Monday. Um, The reason why I did not is because I was on vacation with my family and I decided uh, last minute not to do the show. I was going to try to like sneak away and do the show. Uh, But, I mean, it was just kind of a last minute thing. I didn't even know that I was going to be going away on Thursday when I did the last show I put together. And I wasn't going to, I didn't have any chance over the weekend to get it done. So got home late last night and, you know, I was like, what I'll do is I'll put together a show for Joe Jorgensen and then I'll just put it out on Tuesday. So there you go. Here it is. Uh, So Joe Jorgensen, if you don't know who she is, this is, I mean, let's just talk about what, who she is first. Okay. Because if you haven't really looked into, if you're a libertarian, you've probably looked into her enough. You probably know a little bit about her. You probably follow her Facebook page. But let's talk about her, okay? Because you might be somebody who is a Republican or Democrat that doesn't know too much about Joe Jorgensen. So let me go ahead and tell you about her. And this is all from her page, Joe2020.com is the website. And it says, Dr. Joe Jorgensen is a senior lecturer of psychology at Clemson University. She holds a PhD in industrial organizational psychology. 
and has taught full-time since 2006. She graduated in 1979 from Baylor University with a B.S. in psychology and in 1980 from Southern Methodist University with an MBA. After earning her MBA, she went to work for IBM, uh, relocating to Greenville, South Carolina. So I guess she's been in Greenville since 1983, and she started her own software company over there. Uh, after taking a career sabbatical to raise two children, she became a partner in a software duplication company, later taking over as president and sole owner. She founded a business consulting company in 2002 and continues working with select clients. So yeah, that's interesting, right? She has business experience and so forth. I don't ever take somebody, oh, just because you have business experience, they can run an entire country. Um, I honestly, when you're looking at a libertarian candidate, they're not going to have the same credentials of government you know, running the government as somebody who is a Republican or a Democrat, because these guys are career politicians if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Um, just because she ran a small business or something like that does not mean that she's going to be some sort of great president as well. But she is a good speaker of the message of liberty. From what I've seen, she does stay relatively consistent on talking about small government, which is a good thing. Limited government. You guys know I talk about that all the time. So... That's where her credentials are in my mind, but a lot of people do want to look at somebody and say, okay, so they're a small business owner, or they've ran businesses before, they've been successful running things, so maybe she can run an entire country as well. I honestly don't think that people are going to be voting for Joe Jorgensen based upon the fact that she is the most qualified candidate around, because if you want qualifications per se then obviously Donald Trump has been running the country for the last four years. Whether he's good at it or not, you know, is, is another story. But somebody that's a Republican is going to say, oh, yeah, well, look at what we have now. Look how great of a job he's doing. And then if you're looking at the Democrat, you're going to be saying, oh, well, look at Joe Biden. He's been in, He's been a politician for 40 years or 40-plus years, plus he was the vice president under Barack Obama. So clearly more qualified in the traditional sense than Joe Jorgensen. But... I don't look at it like that, and I think that most people are going to be voting Libertarian are not going to be looking at it like that as well. They're going to be looking at her ideology. They're going to be looking at the fact that she's looking at small government and limited government, or maybe you're a single-issue voter like you're against the war on drugs or you want to legalize marijuana or something like that. Then maybe that's why you're looking at her. Or maybe you're looking at her for other reasons as well, but there are a lot of single-issue voters out there as well. There are a lot of people that are voting for her because she's a libertarian. There's other people that are voting for her because she is uh, consistent on the ideas, ideology. She's also uh, the best person for the job. There's different people that are voting for for different reasons. But for me, I look at it as, you know what, I'm not going to say, oh, she's a business owner per se. But you know what, she did have a software business as well. Uh, so she's definitely a smart lady, you know, she's very smart and intelligent. She has a, she's a doctor, obviously, of psychology, so that's great. And she has been teaching at uh, Clemson University for, uh, since 2006 as well. So that's, that's pretty solid. Uh, she is running with Jeremy Spike Cohen. Uh, Spike is his nickname. You guys might know him as Spike Cohen, uh, but his name is Jeremy Cohen, and he's a libertarian Libertarian's 2020 vice presidential presidential candidate. Spike actually started a business in 1999 and three years ago, so I guess that would be 2017. So for 18 years he ran a business and he retired. He's a young guy. I think he's under 40 years old and uh, started his own business and was able to retire and he started up um, a couple of different 
podcast as well, but he is the founder of Muddy Waters uh, Media, uh, Muddy Waters Media, sorry, which uh, they're both from South Carolina, actually. Jeremy Spike Cohen and Joe Jorgensen are from South Carolina. Uh, that's actually where I live as well, so that's pretty interesting. But he's a pretty solid guy, man. If you listen to him talk, he knows he knows how to expound upon the message of liberty. He's a little bit further into the um, completely dismantling government camp than Joe Jorgensen's Jorgen. Joe Jorgensen is, I think, um, from what I've seen anyway, listening to him talk, but he is going along with her message. He's being a good support of the Liberty message. And he also was on the camp with the people that were kind of like joking around, uh, or they called him like the joke candidates during the Libertarian presidential, when they were choosing who the presidential nominee would be. He was one of the joke candidates, per se, talking about, oh, I'm going to give everyone a free horse and stuff like that. Uh, from a joke standpoint, I think Spike did a pretty good job of talking about the liberty message because you're able to open up other people's minds to the libertarian message by not talking politics right off the bat but kind of joking around. You get that sarcastic type person that is you know, distrustful of government to listen to you when you're kind of making these joke statements. Oh, we're going to give everyone a horse. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And they're just like over the top ideas that catch people's thought. So, I mean, I think that that was a good strategy for him. And I think it's a good strategy to bring other people into the movement. But I don't know that it's like the best person to be the representative of the Libertarian Party. But then, on the other hand, Spike has turned full circle and still jokes around and still gives a lighthearted message. But he's following along with, you know, to look as a as serious as possible as candidates. Now, the thing that I that's that's striking me about Joe Jorgensen though is that we're not a like she's not getting the media attention that like a mainstream candidate would have gotten like Gary Johnson did in 2016. Gary Johnson blew it, obviously, but that's not what the Libertarian Party wanted this time around. It doesn't seem like to me, because I know that there was the Mises Caucus group of people who were really pushing for somebody who is a, you know, full-fledged Libertarian somebody who is great at speaking the message but doesn't have the name recognition like they didn't care about the name recognition they said this is going to be a campaign about talking about a pure libertarian message and it needs to be an educational thing rather than a get more votes in thing so George Organson is kind of like a happy medium between. Well, actually, there was no real mainstream candidate that was running, to be honest with you, because they kind of pushed the way that the Libertarian Party was going. It kind of made it so that some of the more mainstream people, I guess the guy from, uh, what was his name, from Lincoln Chafee from Rhode Island, who was kind of dipping his toe into the water to run as a Libertarian he decided not to run because the political climate was not right for somebody like that. And then you also had um, Justin Amash who dipped his toe into the water to run. 
were a little bit more mainstream as well. Those two guys would have got huge amounts of media attention compared to what Joe Jorgensen is getting right now. But that was not the climate in the Libertarian Party at the time. And I don't know if it'll go back to that or not. Because a lot of people that I talk to and people that I hear about talking about the Libertarian Party's future, they really want people that are more, you know, ideologues. They want the people that are that are really true to the libertarian message of non-aggression. They want somebody that is anti, I mean, not anti-government per se, but more towards the line of not only limiting government, but getting rid of government altogether. There's like an anarchist mist going on within the libertarian party, which I am ideally, if we got to the, I mean, you guys know how I've felt about this in the past. If you listen to the show long enough, I love to get to that argument where we could say, hey, let's abolish the last remnants of government. But we're not even anywhere close to that right now. We're nowhere near anything to do with abolishing the last remnants of government. Like, we're in a world where government is is everywhere in everything that we do. From the shoelaces that you have because the employees that are, you know, or because of the tariffs that are on those shoelaces to the to the car that you drive, everything that you do involves government. Or somewhere there's government. So we are nowhere near having an argument about who's going to build the roads down the road. We're nowhere near that argument right now. So I don't even think that we should even be focused on the ideas of... I mean, the, the, the books are already written on how we would deal in a world with no government. If we got to that point, people have hashed that stuff out. And there are other economists and there's other people within the movement who understand those things and they push those issues even further. But from a election standpoint, we don't need to mix those two things. I always think that you should get the person that's going to be the best representative for the movement and you got to weigh a few things. The best rep- representative for the movement has the right philosophy, the right political philosophy, but also has the reach. There's, there's two points to that, right? The reach and the philosophy. How far can you get that message spread? And do you have the right philosophy? Ron Paul had a far reach for a libertarian message within the Republican Party, by the way. He had the far reach and he had the right message. Very consistent message. And the Libertarian Party has been looking for that. They looked for it in Gary Johnson. He had a far reach but a terrible message. And a terrible spokesman for the message. So not the right guy. Not the right guy. Lincoln Chafee, I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't look into him too much. I did a show about him where I looked into his philosophy. And he looked like he maybe governed in a libertarian light type scenario, but definitely not. He didn't have the, the message. He didn't have the ideology. But he would have had the reach. But Justin Amash, they blew him right out of there, man. They really did. And that's a guy who has the message, he has the philosophy, 
Andy would have the reach a little bit more than anybody, a little bit more than Joe Jorgensen, I think. But that's the problem is she is not getting the same publicity that a more mainstream candidate would have, which saddens me because she has a great message. She has an excellent message. And maybe as she keeps doing these tours around the country, she's on this 50 state tour right now, I believe, where she's trying to get the message out there. She's trying to get in with different news agencies, I'm sure. But are they taking her seriously? I look on like the different news, the news articles that are about her, the broadcasts and so forth. If you go to that website, she's been on libertarian podcasts. And that's about it. She's not getting into the ABCs, the NBCs, the CBSs. She's not going to be... I mean, she might get on to, like, a Fox business or something like that with one of the more libertarian-leaning shows. She might get on to one of those. But where is the message going to go if it's not going beyond that, right? If she's not getting into the mainstream, that's going to be the problem. So we'll see. I mean, I did read a poll the other day that showed that she's at 3% in the polls against Donald Trump, Joe Biden, I guess the Green Party candidate gets 2% in the polls. So that could be good if we could get 3% of the vote of 120 million people. That could be, you know, 3.5 million people that vote for her. It wouldn't be the 5 million that Gary Johnson got, but that would be good for a candidate that's got hardly getting any publicity whatsoever in the media to get that many votes. That would be phenomenal. And she's working hard, it sounds like to me. She is out there really pushing the message. So that's good. So let's talk about the message then. Let's talk about it, right? When you go to her issues, it says, Joe Jorgensen's bold, practical, libertarian vision for America's future. Generations of Republicans... Republican and Democrat politicians have failed the people of America. They've given us $26 trillion in debt, trillions of dollars in deficits, plus trillions more in unfunded liabilities, nonstop involvement in expensive and deadly foreign wars, skyrocketing health care costs, the highest imprisonment rate in the world, broken retirement systems, and so forth. So she says that she's for a message of neutrality and peace. That we should be the largest, like a the, a huge uh, Switzerland, essentially, where we defend our borders, but we remain neutral. And I agree with that. I think most libertarians agree with that, and I think most Americans agree with that. Usually, an anti-war candidate does well in the polls. And do we have that right now with Joe Biden? Hell no. We don't have that with Joe Biden. He would be more of the same when it comes to foreign intervention. And, and Donald Trump talks a good game sometimes but doesn't have the wavos to to end these wars whenever he does he whenever he talks about it he under it he gets undermined by the people that are in the deep state neutrality and peace that's excellent healthcare she talks about that as well and her solution is it says republican and democrat policies over the last 50 years are the reason healthcare costs have been, become more expensive. Their latest proposals to, quote, fix healthcare will further micromanage it. Your doctors and re- re- micromanage the doctors and restrict your access. She wants to free up healthcare. That's excellent, right? On the environment, she talks about 
getting rid of government regulations that are keeping nuclear power plants from being built, which is a very clean, renewable resource. And also allowing people to have off-grid solar power, use of off-grid solar power. So get rid of those things, and that's excellent. From the environmental standpoint, the best thing you could do is go on the nuclear route. I've felt that for a while after reading a couple different books about it. So that's excellent, right? Social security, she says, do you trust politicians to keep their promises that she does not? They've spent every cent in the social security trust fund over the years, leaving behind worthless IOUs. Other countries have successfully replaced their government-run systems with individual retirement accounts, safe from greedy politicians. As president, I would work to implement solutions like the Cato's Institution's 6.2 solution, which would allow any American opportunity to opt out of the current system while making the current system fiscally stable for those who choose to remain. She doesn't get into too many details on that, but at least she's talking about it because that is the third world in politics and no one's going to talk about that, right? Trade and immigration. She is for an open trade and open borders type policy. Not completely open borders, but, you know, check you at the door, but let you come in and work. And I agree with that as well. It's very arbitrary the way that they set these these limits on immigration. A lot of that that's a very divisive thing though cuz President Trump pretty much ran on the on building the wall. And there are a lot of people that are really anti-immigration or keeping people out or worried about the borders and all that stuff. So that's really hard uh that might be a hard one for some people to overcome, but tr- but free trade and open border open borders or not completely open borders, sorry, but a, a very liberal immigration policy is good for America in the sense that those people don't just come here and work, but they come here and spend money. They grow the economy. They grow jobs and so forth as well, because they're going to spend money. They're going to buy houses. They're going to rent homes. They're going to buy groceries. They're going to do. They're going to buy cars. They're going to do a lot of things that everyone else does as well, and that's a good thing. It does grow the economy. On the issues, another one, poverty. So let's talk about what she... Oh, she does talk a lot about criminal justice reform as well. Sorry. Ending the war on drugs. Making it so that there's fairness and equality in the justice system. I am appalled, she says, that the United States ranks number one in the world for having the highest percentage of people imprisoned, which I agree with that. It is true. I am also appalled that the federal government permits police to seize personal assets without first convicting them of a crime. And then keep most of those assets seized. This is literally highway robbery. As president, I will use my constitutional authority to end federal civil asset forfeiture prior to conviction and pardon persons convicted of nonviolent victimless crimes. I will also work with Congress to end the failed drug war and other victimless crimes. That's excellent. You guys know how I feel about that. And that would end a lot of the police brutality that you have out there as well because there would be less policing going on You want to defund the police? Get rid of some of those laws. That's what they should be focusing on. Because then you'd have less need for as many police. And you'd have less police out there trying to just find something to do. Getting bored. Let's talk about more of the issues on poverty. She says, from 1959 to 1969, the poverty rate was nearly cut in half while government did little to address poverty. However, after the war on poverty was fully implemented in the 60s, In the early 70s, progress stopped. 50 years of federal anti-poverty programs, zero impact. 
Yeah, because she knows that it's not the government that ends poverty. It's a great flourishing economy that is deregulated in order to allow businesses to flourish and less taxed and so forth. On taxes, she does talk about cutting taxes and making it so that people can keep more of their money because she does believe that in the idea that taxation is theft. And that's excellent. And then the final issue that she talks about is education. And I know for a fact that she wants to keep the education dollars in your hands. If there is going to be federal money going towards education, it should follow the student, not the other way around. The student has to follow the money. And that's good. That's Those, those are the basic ideas that she has. Um, I think it's excellent. We have 90 days till the election. She needs to get that message out there strong into the media getting in front of a lot of people because this is a message that can resonate now is the libertarian candidate going to win is the libertarian going to win no that's not going to happen guys we have the republicans and democrats they have a monopoly on our government the reason why i would vote for a libertarian candidate and that i do is because it is a thumb in the eye of the system it is to let the entire system know that there is a third party out there and that then maybe other people will see that as well. And as we can grow this movement, as more people can start to see that there is another option, maybe more people will vote as well down the road. That's my main reason for doing it. Other people say, hey, you know what? If you want to vote for the lesser of two evils, that's a terrible idea. Don't vote for the lesser of two evils. Vote for the third party, the person that you think should win. Vote on your ideology. Other people think that. So, I don't know the exact reason why you should vote for Joe Jorgensen, except for the fact that we have a president right now of the United States who is just absolute chaos, guys. Absolute chaos constantly. I mean, look what he's doing with Microsoft and TikTok. Do we want a president that's going to dictate business deals? Like, that is not what the president is intended to do. That is not constitutional for the president to do that, to dictate business deals. That is wrong. But that's what he's doing. But he's taking steps in the direction towards a fascist state. I mean, we are okay. People are okay with Donald Trump doing these socialist things that he's doing because he's Donald Trump, who these people would be freaking out if it was Barack Obama doing the same thing and Barack Obama would do the same thing. Like Those are things that he's not a conservative so if you feel like conservatism is what you follow the guy's not a conservative he is okay with the state taking more power and more control over more of the economy he said it he's like the he said it the other day about this microsoft deal he's kind of like the landlord and microsoft's the leasee Is that how he feels about businesses? That he's the landlord? That the federal government is the landlord? No, this is a free business. This is a business that should not be taken and regulated by the federal government. We don't believe in regulation. We don't believe in the government being in charge of things. We believe in free people and free association. If you're a conservative. So that's wrong. And then you have Joe Biden, who is going to bring every socialist policy of Bernie Sanders to office and try to make those the forefront of his campaign. 
So if you're going to vote for Joe Biden, you're looking at a much bigger state. And if you're listening to this show, if you're somebody who believes in limited government, that is not where limited government is. Joe Biden isn't even anti-war. He's not even for limiting the military presence overseas. He's for more of the same. And Donald Trump is not good on that issue either. So those are, I mean, we should be voting for Joe Jorgensen because of the ideology that she has and the issues that she promotes. And if she loses, at least we get five, six, seven, eight, maybe 10 million people in America that say, screw the system that we have now. We're not okay with it. Oh, and let me get into the last thing. A lot of you will say, oh, well, a vote for Joe Jorgensen is a vote for Joe Biden, or a Joe Jorgensen vote is a vote for Donald Trump, or whatever. If you're if you hope that Donald Trump does not get elected, then if you vote for Joe Biden, or if you vote for Joe Jorgensen, then you should have voted for Joe Biden or something like that. If you think in that frame of mind that, that things are going to be so much different under Joe Biden than under Donald Trump, that is not true. Is your life that much worse now? under Donald Trump than it was under Barack Obama. Maybe exactly right now because we're in the midst of the we're in the midst of this giant pandemic that's going on, but uh, and the economy is kind of tanked because of that, but uh, you know, six months ago, I think that generally the economy was going good from the time of the financial crisis and through about six months ago, and it would have happened under anybody. Like, if the president can... I don't think that the president has that much power to be able to dictate how good the economy is going to be or not. But we need to vote for Joe Jorgensen only because if you believe in liberty, if you believe in freedom, if you believe in limited government, if you believe in individual responsibility, then a vote for Joe is a vote for that. And so I'm going to be voting for Joe Jorgensen. I, you know, I give her my full support on this thing. I'm not going to be the person that talks about every single show though. But I do think that as a listener of the show, you know, look into her and see. See if she's somebody that you want to vote for. Um does your vote really matter one vote? In the grand scheme of things, no, but the only way it matters is if you vote for Joe Jorgensen because that is saying something to the establishment. And that's why I would vote for her as well. So anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another look at the libertarian uh, candidate and another look at the 2020 presidential election. Keep on coming back and listening every single Monday and Thursday. I'm sorry this is a Tuesday show, but I had some things going on. But um, keep an eye out for the show on Thursday as well. And then uh, you can have clear vision for 2020.